0: Of Revelation chapter 11 and we're continuing to look at Revelation 11 verses 10 and 11 and they that dwell upon the earth shall rejoice over them and make merry and shall send gifts one to another because these two prophets tormented them that dwelt on the earth and after three days and a half the spirit of life from God entered into them and they stood upon their feet and great fear, Fell upon them which saw them. Over our last few studies, we've been looking at prophecy and, and, uh, God's people who were prophets in the Old Testament. And we've seen how true prophets speak very difficult things, things that are unpleasant, unpopular, and things that are not widely accepted and um, a, a true prophet, as a matter of fact, often can be viewed as a false prophet by the majority of people, or uh, in the case of Israel of old, a prophet like Jeremiah was viewed, in, uh, in some instances, as a false prophet, or he was at least labeled that and called that, and False prophets—that is, uh, prophets that were not of God, God did not send them. They were, on the other hand, accepted by the people, and there is um, no evidence that that the people considered them to be false prophets. In other words, the history of the Bible, as we we look at Micaiah, as we look at Jeremiah, as we just look as at uh the examples God has given us in his word shows that true prophets are often considered false and therefore persecuted and false prophets are often considered true and gladly received now we we see for instance in uh the book of Jeremiah and where, we're not going to spend too much more time on this, but in Jeremiah chapter 28, we have, uh, two prophets who are going to prophesy. One is named Hananiah and the other is Jeremiah. And, uh, Hananiah will prophesy positive things. He, he's going to prophesy that uh, Judah will again be victorious over Babylon, over the, the king of the Babylonians, Nebuchadnezzar, and so forth. And Jeremiah will uh, will continue to prophesy that, no, that's not going to happen at all. And so it says in Jeremiah 28, in verse 2, uh, with, and this is Hananiah speaking, saying, Thus speaketh Jehovah of hosts, the God of Israel, saying, I have broken the yoke of the king of Babylon within two full years. Why, bring again into this place all the vessels of Jehovah's house that Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, took away from this place and carried them to Babylon. And I will bring again to this place Jeconiah, the son of Jehoiakim, king of Judah, with all the captives of Judah that went into Babylon, saith Jehovah, for I will break the yoke of the king of Babylon. Well, now that would have been very welcome news to the people of Judah. They were suffering greatly. Their their king, Jeconiah, was taken captive. Many of the people were taken as captives. The vessels of the house of God were taken to Babylon. It, it was just just a tremendous defeat to have the very vessels of the temple taken to Babylon and now comes Hananiah the son of Azar the prophet and he is beginning to prophesy that the yoke of the king of Babylon will be broken the tide of the battle will turn and God will once again be for his people you can see how patriotic this must have sounded uh, to to the people of Judah, and and how uh, much it was good news to this embattled people who were under the heel of the Babylonians, and and now finally God's uh, God's coming to our aid, God's coming to our rescue. So says. Hananiah the prophet, and and certainly he would have received some slaps on the back, some uh, patriotic amens, and and the people would have loved to hear what uh, Hananiah was saying. But again comes along Jeremiah the prophet, the killjoy, the 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 bearer of bad news, the the one who uh, won't let us enjoy this um, uh, positive good news from Hananiah. And we read in verse 5 of Jeremiah 28, Then the prophet Jeremiah said unto the prophet Hananiah, In the presence of the priests and in the presence of all the people that stood in the house of Jehovah, even the prophet Jeremiah said, Amen, Jehovah, do so. Jehovah perform thy words which thou hast prophesied to bring again the vessels of Jehovah's house and all that is carried away captive from Babylon into this place. Nevertheless, hear thou now this word that I speak in thine ears and in the ears of all the people. The prophets that have been before me and before thee of old prophesied both against many countries and against great kingdoms of war, and of evil, and of pestilence. The prophet which prophesieth of peace, when the word of the prophet shall come to pass, then shall the prophet be known, that Jehovah has truly sent him. Now this is uh, uh, actually a very important passage, when Jesus, trying to discern a true prophet from a false prophet. God here is giving us information that will be helpful in making that distinction. And and notice that Jeremiah is saying that that the prophets that have been before me and of old, what did they prophesy about? Well, they prophesied against countries, against kingdoms, and they prophesied of war and of evil and of pestilence. And and that is perfectly in keeping with what Jeremiah was prophesying. He was prophesying against Judah. He was prophesying against the surrounding nations, and and he was prophesying. Prophesying things concerning war and evil and pestilence. Now, early on when Jeremiah was prophesying, the false prophets were saying, Oh no, uh, uh, the Babylonians will not come against us. Oh no, the Babylonians will not uh, be victorious over us. We're the people of God. And of course, all that now has been shown to be an error and wrong because the Babylonians have already come against them, and even taken the king captive, and many of the people, and the vessels of the house of God are in Babylon. They're not in Jerusalem. And so, these false prophets obviously can't prophesy the king of Babylon will no longer come, but now they've changed their prophecy not that that he will not come or that Judah would be victorious against the king of babylon that's obviously um already taken place and and they were previously wrong but now they say that it will soon be at an end god will rise to our help he will restore the captives restore the vessels and 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 he will break this yoke of the king of Babylon. And by the way, um, it, it's it's very significant. He's talking about the yoke of the king of Babylon because in the previous chapter in Jeremiah twenty seven, God had commanded Jeremiah to make yokes. We read in Jeremiah twenty seven in verse two: "Thus saith Jehovah to me." Make thee bonds and yokes, and put them upon thy neck, and send them to the king of Edom, and to the king of Moab, and to the king of the Ammonites, and to the king of Tyrus, and to the king of Zidon, by the hand of the messengers, which come to Jerusalem unto Zedekiah, king of Judah, and command them to say unto their masters, Thus saith Jehovah of hosts, the God of Israel, Thus shall ye say unto your masters, And then the Lord goes on to say how all will be under the dominion of the king of Babylon. That's what the yoke represented. It it meant they must serve the king of Babylon. And so Jeremiah was wearing a yoke around his neck. And and in verse 10 of Jeremiah 28, uh, after Jeremiah declares that a true prophet of the Lord, prophets of old and Jeremiah himself, prophesy against nations, prophesy of war, of evil, of pestilence. They do not prophesy of peace. They do not prophesy the way Hananiah was prophesying. Oh, God's going to rise up and, and he's going to help us. And, and Jeremiah was showing that, that the prophecy of Jeremiah was in accord with how true prophets have conducted themselves and been, uh, moved by God to behave in times past. And Hananiah's prophecy was not. It was going contrary to the pattern that God had established. And, and by the way, just think uh in our modern era when um those teachers or pastors or priests or or people who have the pulpit in the New Testament churches and congregations, when they start saying, God loves you and has a wonderful plan for your life, or uh, you're in trouble with God, yes, that's true, but here is how. You can get right with him right now. Here is peace, and and they promise the the listeners. They they promise them uh, liberty. They promise them salvation. They promise them a whole lot of things that are very good. And and uh, of course, people want to be right with God. And here they're telling them how to do it. And and after all, Christ died for everyone, and, and God loves you all. And it it's all following the pattern of false prophets, false prophecy. They prophesy of peace. They prophesy good things, smooth things, easy to hear things. And, and on the other hand, the true believer, the child of God, who's given the task of being the messenger of the true gospel. He He's tasked with the duty of being faithful to what the Bible truly says, and he says, well, first of all, we're we're all under the wrath of God. We're subject to eternal destruction, and salvation is out of our hands. We can't do a thing to get ourselves saved. The only hope, and again, I'm talking about the proclamation during the day of salvation, at that time, when God was still saving sinners, and the door of heaven was still open, the true child of God would share with people. The only hope is to cry out to God for mercy, to boldly go unto the throne of grace, if perhaps you might find Mercy of the Lord, if he might grant you his salvation. Because salvation is of the Lord. It's fully in his hands. And he will have mercy upon whom he will have mercy. It's a completely different message and people of the world that they naturally would prefer the former message. The message that says that God loves me. The message that says... He has a wonderful plan for me or the message that, that, uh, easily solves my problem by telling me some work to do that, that I can quickly get out of the way, like accepting the Lord and, and thereby have peace. And, and that is following the methodology the the historical pattern of false prophets and 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 so th- this is actually a very helpful section of Scripture in Jeremiah 28, where Jeremiah warns about those who prophesy of peace. When the word of the prophet shall come to pass, then shall the prophet be known that Jehovah has truly sent him. And And so God's people prophesy of the end of the church age. For example, as God opened up that information from his word, and remember, the whole Bible is prophecy. And the true believers share that information. They prophesy that the church age is over, that God is judging the church. There is prophecy against a kingdom, against a nation. And, and, and it is a prophecy of war as God is fighting against the, the corporate body. Is it a prophecy of evil? as evil has come upon all the churches of the world. It's a prophecy of famine as or pestilence, as God is plaguing the congregation spiritually. It follows the biblical pattern. And then you have those in the churches saying, not so, oh, not so. God's still here. They're, the Holy Spirit is obviously here. Just look at our building. Just look at all the, the people we have and abuse. Just, just listen to the, the preacher. He's so popular. And many people like listening to him. Everyone speaks well of him. And they, they of course don't understand. And the majority of people are still in churches. The majority of people support them. And so they continue on as though nothing is the matter at all. But the true prophecy was brought by the true prophets, the true children of God, declaring the end of the church age. And now, as we have moved on to the conclusion of the judgment on the church, and we've transitioned into the day of judgment on the whole world, what are the true believers proclaiming from the Bible? They're proclaiming, God shut the door of heaven, And, and it's a prophecy against the nations of the world. It's a prophecy against the kingdom of Satan. uh, That God's kingdom, the kingdom of his dear son, the Lord Jesus Christ, has won the battle in the day of judgment and, and the kingdom of Satan is being prophesied against as they have been defeated. It's a prophecy of the warfare of the final battle of Armageddon. It's a prophecy of evil as it is an evil day. The Bible calls judgment day an evil day. It's a prophecy of pestilence as the Lord is pouring out plagues upon all the unsaved inhabitants of the earth. Therefore, the true believer proclaiming what the Bible says, which is, again, a book of prophecy, is prophesying in a manner that is fully in keeping with the prophets of old in the way that God moved them to prophesy. And, and we are sharing information that Judgment Day is here. And again, there are people rising up and saying, Not so. It cannot be God is still saving, uh, there is still salvation, and, and they're saying there's peace, they're saying there's still mercy, there's still grace, they're basically saying exactly what the individuals in the churches were saying, that God is still with us, God is still here, still saving in our churches, and, and there's the people who are, uh, prophesying against the door being shut and they're prophesying it's still open. They're prophesying exactly as the prophets of old when God brought judgment against Judah and against Israel and these men like Hananiah rose up and, and said, oh no, oh no, God would not do that to us. And they, they prophesied of peace. They prophesied of good things and, and so on. And so, It it can be said. Now, this isn't conclusive. We're always uh, finally brought to the Bible itself, and we have to listen to what's being said and compare Scripture with Scripture in order to finally determine what is true or false. But one thing can be stated, and that is that when true believers today say the door of heaven is shut and God is judging the world, and he's given the cup of his wrath to the world like he did to the churches. It is following along perfectly with the, the things that true prophets of God have proclaimed in the Old Testament and in the New Testament. It's even in keeping with the prophecy that came forth from the Bible. We know there's that difference between how believers prophesy today and how they did then. And, and I explained that earlier. It has nothing to do with receiving any uh, divine revelation. It, when we prophesy, when we share truth from the word of God, and and the things we're saying are in keeping with the same uh, example of God's people sharing the end of the church age and the judgment God brought on them. And the people who are opposed... It can be said, and and it's not conclusive, but this is a fact, that they are in a position that follows false prophets of old who opposed people like Jeremiah, and they're in a position of uh, those in the churches that opposed the declaration of the end of the church age, and that God was no longer working or saving in the congregations, And now they themselves are in that very position standing against the things that are being proclaimed from the word of God. It is not a good position to be in, especially when we do go to the Bible and when we do search the scriptures and and we see all that God has said regarding this period of time. And, and all he has opened up from his word to confirm that he is judging the world in a similar manner that he judged the churches. And, and it, it, it is a frightening position to say not so, that the door is still open, is still open, that God is still saving. Now, I, I know people, they, they say to, Um, to e-Bible all the time, well, that's a dangerous stance. It's a dangerous stance to proclaim God has shut the door and he's no longer saving. And it's presumptuous. Well, let me tell you, it's uh, uh, equally dangerous, if not more dangerous, to take the position that God is saving when he is not. That the door of heaven is open. When in fact it is shut. To say God is encouraging people to come to Him and to cry out for mercy when He has ended that program. There, there is nothing light about that. That's not a little matter to, uh, stand in opposition to the Word of God. To the things God has done. And it is extremely serious. To say that, that, uh, God is saving today when he is not. And, and, and that's why everything that we're proclaiming is deserving and each listener has the obligation and responsibility to check it out to see if it's so. And not to just write it off and And quickly say, well, I'm just going to go along with how it's been for thousands of years. God has always saved people, so of course he's saving today. That's that's the position of the church. We've been around for 2,000 years. God wouldn't end the church age. That's the position of Israel of old. We've been God's holy people for hundreds and hundreds of years. He would not divorce us. He would not leave us and it it's a dangerous position to take that each one of us is responsible before God to humble ourselves, even if it's something that that is new to our ears or something we we would never think that it could be. We must go the Bible and examine it honestly to see if it's so.